Hey, how's it going? I keep forgetting to write to Colin to tell them that the guy changed that mute button. The mute button is way too close to the end room button. Uh, well, I always keep feeling one of these days I'm going to end up um, hitting the wrong button. But how's everybody doing tonight? I am actually starting a topic without even fully knowing what happened. I do not even know what the final... Uh, verdict for Jesse Smollett is because I had to go to uh, yoga class and they did not have the verdict yet. So I just got out and came back and started here. Oh, 150 days in Cook County Jail is what I'm seeing. I mean, that could have been a lot worse, right? I mean, does anybody know how much he was eligible to get? And by the way, you don't have to wait to be uh, invited up. Anybody can jump in at any time. In fact, if anybody fancies himself an expert on this case, by all means, uh, jump right in. But uh, in the meantime, while we're waiting for people to get up in here, uh, use the share button. Share this on your social medias. Uh, text your friends. There's like various share buttons up in here. Something else you can do, too, as well is there is a feature that allows you to make highlights of the show. So as things happen in this show, you are able to make highlights of them. And then any highlight you make automatically gets shared with us, which then allows us to promote the show better. But um, there's also a live chat. There's also a live chat in here, so that's a new feature. So you can, like, uh, chat with other people in the room while we are um, going. But there's a couple of things I want to try and get a clip together. There is a weird clip where he's letting people know he's not suicidal. So he says, I am not suicidal. I am innocent. I am, and I am not suicidal. If I did this, then it means that I stuck my fist in the fears of Black Americans in this country for over 400 years and the fears of the LGBT community, Smollett said. Your Honor, I respect you and I respect your jury, but I did not do this. And I am not suicidal. And if anything happens to me when I go in there, I did not do it to myself. And you must all know that. I respect you, Your Honor. I respect your decision. So he's making it seem like... Um, He's going to get Jeffrey Epstein in there. I mean, I don't know if that's true. If you think so, feel free to weigh in. But he left doing a black power fist, and he was kind of uh, acting like, you know, he was playing to the crowd and that he's like the people's champion, which is interesting. I don't know if he has that many supporters still out there who are rocking with him like that. But uh, real quick, do I sound okay? Because my mic is not lighting up, and I don't know if that means that the microphone is broken or what. But I want to make sure that you guys are picking up my voice through the mic and not through the regular phone, because if not... Okay, so someone said I sound fine. Good, good. Yeah, yeah. So um, while I'm waiting for people to chime in, what wanted to talk about were a couple of things. I want to talk about first 
what, if any, do people think is the long-term impact of this case? Is it just going to be a punchline for the future? Is this something that actually is going to hurt uh, Black and LGBTQ people pretending, uh, you know, who are claiming to be victims of high-profile hate crimes? Like, with this... Um, kind of ruins it for a lot of people as far as uh, being taken seriously and the idea that identity politics is a movement full of grifters. Does this lend credence to that? Do most people see it as an isolated case? Are most people kind of unchanged? Like, has this changed nothing where the people who support um, identity politics will still support them and the people who distrust all of it, are still going to distrust it, and it's all the same. Those are the kind of things that I, that I kind of wonder about, wonder about this. I mean, another thing has been interesting is how many celebrities of a certain ilk have still been standing by him, like uh, the Black Lives Matter people, Patrice Cullors, uh stood by him, which is kind of crazy, because you would think for her trouble, she would not want to be sticking by anybody dubious, but she's still standing by him, and they had a whole... Um, a bunch of these celebrities who kind of overlap with the activism space, like Kendrick Sampson and some other ones. So yeah, some people are still rocking with him. There's an Instagram page still proclaiming his innocence and his and his character too. And I'm very interested in the fact that 150 months. 150 days, that's about five months. I mean, it's not terrible. And I'm wondering if anybody knows what he was eligible for. And uh, we have a caller right now. A cue's coming in soon, by the way. Uh, Hey, Kay, how's it going? Feel free to unmute. It's the button on the bottom next to My bad, man. First time doing this. How you doing? It's all good, man. Doing pretty good, man. How you feeling? Pretty good, man. I'm I'm listening for the first time fully all the way through, so I'm glad to hear, hear um the con the content of the conversation, and glad to hear because I've heard you on other shows and stuff. So I wanted I always thought you had good takes and everything, but they weren't they were really adjusted takes, and I thought you were always kind of very like you know still varying your opinion even as you were speaking about it. So I always respected that too. It's very hard to not speak in. exclamation points these days sometimes maybe that's a social media thing i don't know what it is no i really i really appreciate that because i feel like there's a lot of pressure to just be hyperbolic all the time and a lot of times Mm -hmm. like i feel like you don't know what's happening you're only getting a part of the story and you can't just rush to you know say things but i think people want the exclamation points so it's uh yeah 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 so i'm glad it's appreciated no, yeah, absolutely, and I, and I think I saw you on. You were you asked some questions to Frank Wilderson, um, the Afro pessimist, which I thought were really helpful. You also you asked some deeper questions, which he automatically laughed about, as if he was getting caught in something. Not necessarily anything bad or scandalous or anything. You were just asking questions about what was going on for him at this point in his life, and I thought, wow, what great questions that seemed immediately relatable. Like in other words, you were relating to him, and also scandalous in the sense of. Oh my God, he he caught me. That's what Frank Wilson seemed to be laughing about, not in a bad way. Yeah, yeah. 
No, I know what you mean. I thought I was imagining that, but yeah, it seemed like uh, I, I did catch that energy too. It was kind of funny. So I'm, I'm yeah, yeah, like, it's great, great conversation by the way too. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, but I just wanted to speak about one thing about Jesse Smollett, and I, and I, I don't know, man. It, it, it was. I'm trying to think of other moments like this. Well, Jesse Jackson, Al Strapp, and they've done and said things that over the past I've felt like weren't necessarily something that seemed to stand out as odd to say in certain circumstances. I don't know. You know, you can, we can, we can find things in history, but they were the I first think, people I, I, I think remember. Maybe the biggest, I think maybe the biggest one might be before your time. I was like a kid at the time, but there was a Tawana Brawley. That I think oh, yeah, is yeah. the biggest thing. I I'm, a, I'm a Gen Xer. Yeah, I'm a Gen Xer Yeah, absolutely. And then again, that was one of those things where Spike Lee doubled down on it in the movie and everything. And I remember just thinking, what are they doing? And then, you know, obviously, you know, as you, you start to see, I mean, Stanley Crouch I always felt was really interesting. You know, I think he'll never probably get his due. I was just telling my brother, because my brother loved him to death. He'll never get his due just because he was such a contrarian and he liked to make black people feel bad sometimes. And I think that little component makes you kind of anathema in black people's eyes. Somebody actually said this recently. And I said, yeah, that's right. That's actually true. If you make black people feel bad, um, they they may never let you forget it. And if you make black people feel good about something, oh, D.L. Hughley was saying it at, at this Vlad TV or whatever. And he was saying, if you make black people feel something, it's it's a great, broad thing that then has huge implications for your life, how people feel about you. Uh, Luther Vandross is one particular person you can think about who, it, you know, you weren't necessarily thinking about politics or whether you're a godly person or not, when you actually liked his music and enjoyed what he made you feel. So it, it was beyond yeah, whatever yeah, else I have was. no idea what Luther Vandross thought about anything. Exactly. Think about it. Yeah, exactly. and I, I feel like you can't do that nowadays. You have to well, have he, a, a yeah. platform and a stance, you know, before... It, like, there's so many celebrity activists right now, mm-hmm. and it's like, why don't you just act? Like, it's just so weird. Yeah, and I think that's... Well, this is what I would want to say about... Uh, Smollett. I don't know what his sign is, but I notice a lot of Libras do this. Kamala Harris is a Libra. And there's something about black, I won't say black Libras because that sounds so broad and ridiculous. But <sighs> I get the impression that sometimes people don't know how to be as human beings. And I've met a lot of people, black and white, um, who are have this experience, right? And they may be air signs. I don't know what it is. But they seem to be performing a version of something that they think will show them to be something that people like. I mean, Will Smith is a perfect example as a Libra. And again, this is, I'm not against Libras. I'm, what I'm talking about is we all have struggles. Like I'm a Virgo, so my struggle is to let go sometimes and not be too hard on myself. And I think there are maybe air signs for some reason. And I've heard this related, relating to air signs are, are, may have the difficulty of feeling the least like regular human beings. And so they study other human beings and figure out how to act. This is what I mean when I say Smollett is doing some real weird performance. And he's an actor, obviously. So he's trying um, to write his own script. I want to put something scripts. out real quick. Oh, you describe about an air sign is also mm-hmm. how people uh, describe narcissists. You were saying that they kind of Sociopath, study other people yes. to see, yes, to exactly. see how, how they act? Mm-hmm. Yes. I've listened to a guy who considers himself, I forget he's a sociopath, but he was just, and I have some people in my life who I love who, um, who seem to have that struggle, you know? Um, and I love them to death, right? We, and some people are, well, I'm no longer friends with, but they seem to have that struggle of pretending for so hard, so hard 
that when you call them on the pretense, it's the end of a relationship. It's, it's you become the enemy in some ways because you caught them out. And this is what I so weird and strange about Jesse Smollett that he's still fighting this fight. He still thinks that his brand is who he is as a person. So his brand is that he's fighting for, and he's talking about this. I'm not going to commit suicide. So if I, I mean, it's a great, think about the idea behind it. It's a creative idea. The idea that I'm like Epstein in the sense of I have some secrets. I mean, of course, he's not like Epstein, obviously, but I'm so controversial. I'm like an Epstein figure that I have some secrets that people want to kill me for. And again, there's no context for anybody killing Jesse's Millett in, in the 150 days he's going to spend in a probably suspended sentence, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, like Epstein knows where all these types of bodies are buried. You know, yes, figurative bodies. And I don't know yes. exactly what it is about. But I mean, he did say he was a gay Tupac when he um, uh, first got attacked. Stop so some delusions of grandeur there. <laughs> yes, I mean, I, I, I would never have actually repeated that, not because it's not. It's not what he said, but it's just so funny. And I didn't want to clown him more by him saying that. And I say that just because, again, it's just a perfect example of trying to figure out how to be a human. And if you say you're the gay Tupac, it means you've been doing some demented math. That means that if I'm this and I'm that and I've been on this TV show and that everybody will think he's trying to he's trying to blow himself up. And then he got blown up by his trying to blow himself up. And now he's trying to turn that into something. If that's not a sociopath, if that's not somebody who just doesn't really know how to be a human being, and again, he's born into this world with probably in an entertainment, so maybe you can't take any of this stuff seriously in his world, you know what I mean? He's got Obama as his friend. You know, it's a lot of stuff going on for this kid. And I call him a kid just because uh, I think we're all going through some identity stuff right now. What, what, what the hell does it mean to be black? Yeah, so exactly. You know, I mean, Obama figured it out by marrying the right woman. And saying the right thing so that everybody loves him, right? I mean, I say globally. And um, we know politically what he's maybe <laughs> been a little bit dubious about, right? And so, again, it's just, I don't know. I think Smollett is a great example of what we as Black people have to face when we, when we become more followers than leaders. You don't have a creative script in front of you, so you improvise horribly. And you uh, you start doing these things that you have to then justify by lying more and never coming clean in your life. I mean, I, I think, listen, what, I, what I think the problem is, is that mm -hmm. I feel like we're in a stage now where the followers are the leaders. That, I think, is the biggest a problem. It's like we have yeah. more leaders and more followers than ever because we're in a state now where the followers are the leaders. What I mean by that is all mm -hmm. these people who... Uh, declare themselves the leaders of the black community or the thought leaders and the moral leaders right. all sound and talk exactly, read the same books, <laughs> the same. say the same things, mm -hmm. have the same mm -hmm. uh, talking points. They're doing some kind of mix of boomer civil rights liberalism mixed with <laughs> um, pop intersectionality and mm -hmm. you know, yeah, so I think that that's part of the problem too is like we just have a bunch of followers declaring themselves um leaders and it's like lemons walking in a circle that's that's my no that, that makes sense man i mean listen I, I appreciate how you're walking this really interesting line between culture politics um socialism versus sometimes or in conjunction with who we are as black people and we move in the world and everything you know i mean again 
I'm always trying to go either or in some ways. Either I'm listening to pure socialist talk and nothing to do with the, the details that go into us being black and having this particular legacy that Frank Wilderson really stimulated me around, right? Not because what he's saying is true, but there's so much creative energy and resource there in terms of being able to see things from what he describes as from this, from the hold of the slave ship. And again, that's not because I'm going to be some radical or I'm going to be mad at white people or anything like that. You know, you know what I'm saying? I'm saying that there's a great way in which if you look at the patterns and behaviors, even just look at, and again, this is just my own little thesis. So ignore it. If it's not really interesting, but I think boomers created this, they started this particular generation of, uh, that which has kind of like been a virus, which is that you deserve things in life and you're special. You have to conform, but you're special and you deserve things in life and you'll always get what you want. They started that particular trend within a suburban culture that was very protected. And now it's just kind of filtered down to this is the way we're supposed to think about kids and what we deserve and what you're supposed to get versus what you have in life. And it's created all this anxiety and self self-esteem issues even within their own class right you yeah know? yeah something a friend of the show uh jason england uh said something to me that really kind of um stuck with me and he and he was saying like uh kanye is like the patron saint to mm-hmm. a lot of these people and mm-hmm. he, what he was saying was there's been like a level of entitlement since um you know the boomers but yeah. but he said that, he said that it's evolved i thought this was true when he said it he said mm-hmm that we've gone from like the boomer and the Gen X thing, maybe to the elder millennials of, I deserve this because I work hard, you know, but yeah. a lot of people will be like, oh, that's bullshit because everybody works hard or most people work hard. Yeah. But working hard alone doesn't get you it. You know, a lot of times you have privilege or you have connections or nepotism or yeah. luck. But he says like, it's gotten even worse because we've moved from I deserve it because I work hard to mm-hmm. I deserve it because I want it. As in, just wanting it now is mm-hmm. is supposed to be enough to entitle you um, mm-hmm. to it, and I think that's uh, even more dangerous. And I think that's the level. Yeah, that's, of that's a natural that evolution, now. but that's a nat- sorry, man. I keep meaning it. No, that's, right, you. that's a natural. Yeah, that's a natural evolution. I think of what the boomers had to deal with in the eighties. Like I, I love. I mean, David Sirota wrote a great book called Back to Our Future, and I don't know if you ever read it before, but it's brilliant in terms of some of the eighties films and what their intentions seem to be, which is that, you know, you had a generation of people embodied by Tom Berenger and Jeff Goldblum and uh, what's Glenn Close and uh, what's the guy, you know, he's a music, he's in the musicals all the time. In any case, Kevin Klein, all these guys, Tom Berenger is one of the guys too. All these folks were apologizing for deciding to go into this particular uh, place where they're completely financially stable and, and happy with their lives after betraying what they thought was movements that they were very much involved with in the 60s. And it gave me that sense of, so the idea of working hard in that capacity was just to conform back to what your parents always browbeated you about while you were doing all this radical 60s stuff. In which case, that it's all been some bullshit that the 80s provided you the big coding of, of a lie around, right? That you work hard and you got which you got by by really you know struggling hard and everything, 
And again, that, that, the, I'm just saying that those were representative of a population of people. If 75% of the people that came out of the suburbs went to college, or at least, excuse me, 75% of people went to college were coming from the suburbs at that particular time, that I imagine that spoke to a huge amount of people. The Big Chill is the film. I was trying to remember what the film was called. And it made me think that, okay, so those people have a certain privilege and now they have to lie about. And so maybe that's where it comes from, right? I worked and Reagan was willing to tell them that they were hard workers and that they conform back to what their parents told them to do in the first place. Everything will be fine, you know? And that's, I mean, again, nothing changed from in the 90s, at least for me when I was growing up. Because I recognized that, oh, okay, so there's some people who follow this big lie, even people I went to high school with, right? They follow this big lie around, I am somehow special because I work hard or I will work hard. And my family doesn't have some setup that's going to give me a special access. And so, again, I think that's always been a lie. I work hard. That's why I deserve this. <laughs> I, I, uh, something that I was talking to somebody about, and I think this is how what you're saying um, relates to Justice Smollett, but also kind of what um, Jason England was saying. And mm. we we're talking about the difference between like uh, affirmation and uh, validation. And uh, people mm. think they're the same thing, but they're actually kind of different. But uh, what's interesting is like everything now, I feel like revolves around affirmation and validation. But the difference is like affirmation is like to be rewarded or complimented or uh, supported because of how you feel or what you think or what you did like some some kind of some kind of action like you want to be uh rewarded and praised for that uh for your for your beliefs your actions your words your deeds but uh validation is to be rewarded or um supported just by the very essence of of who you are. And I think mm. when, when Jason England was talking about that, uh, people have gone from wanting to be, uh, praised for, or be, think they're entitled to success because of working hard. I think that's an example, like, you know, affirmation, but mm. we move to people just wanting to be, uh, rewarded because, uh, you know, they want the thing. I think that's an example of, you know, I'm me and, if I yeah. want it, it's special because I'm like a, a chosen one, you know, and I yeah. feel like that's what like people I think when they bash identity politics, they think mm. they're bashing identity politics. But I think what they're really bashing is um, that type of entitlement to validation. And I think mm -hmm. that kind of entitlement to validation is easy to smuggle in under identity politics because um by its very nature, identity politics is about how you were born, you know? So if, right, I'm, somebody, if right. I'm somebody who wants to be rewarded just because of how I was born, mm -hmm. it would be kind of natural for me to misuse and abuse um, identity politics. But low-key, I noticed mm -hmm. that started to happen in socialism, too, because I think a lot of people are starting to turn socialism into basically white working class identity politics. They're not actually analyzing mm -hmm. material conditions like like yeah. you know, Marx, Marx prescribed, they've just kind of made white working class into this identity and, you know, these signifiers around this identity and they basically uh, argue socialism the way, you know, some people misuse um, identity politics. But I think that, that validation uh, complex is kind of even showing itself in 
Jesse Smollett's whole trial. And even today, they're still bringing up that he's black and gay. And this is like mm. a bad example and everything. And it's like, mm. why are you arguing his identity in this, this <laughs> trial? It's very bizarre. I don't know where he got these lawyers. To be fair, man, even as you're talking about identity politics, you know, because it'd be great to talk about this in another context, too, because I've been fascinated with with fan. I know you guys are big fans of film. I always started to see, especially Rosemary's Baby, but films like The Exorcist and Rosemary's Babies as playing tremendous identity politics with white women. Um, I think I forget the guy's name. Frimpong, I think is his name. He's been talking about white women in terms of uh, and you guys have probably talked about this, I'm sure, too in terms of the culture that they kind of helped to set, but also was being helped to set for them. Uh, the Exorcist was about this poor woman who's working hard. She's a single mother, and she hasn't done anything to her to make her daughter turn into the devil itself, right? <laughs> you know, Rosemary's Baby is another example of, uh, you know, a poor girl, you know, brought into the city for her husband to do this acting, and then all of a sudden she gets pulled into this satanic cult, and she's forced to have a baby. She's raped into having a baby, and she brings this devil child up. Again, white women lacking agency, basically. Yeah. You know, I never thought about it, but but Rosemary's Baby, the way you describe it, kind of sounds like how (laughs) for centuries the role of white women in white supremacy has been uh, characterized. That there's been dragged along for the ride you know mm-hmm. it's like dracula right dracula came in through a window and said hey bitch i'm coming in i'm gonna bite you and sweep you off your feet and she couldn't do anything about it i mean it's, it's i mean I'm, I'm not using that as a as a, as a direct correlation but it's almost as if the film again kramer versus kramer is another example if you want to look at that one in a in a twisted way right because it's still trying to give this particular woman who was who had made a strong decision, validation, right? And she's not a bad mother. And again, it's all about this. I mean, the reason I call it identity politics, because it almost suggests that, well, you know, we've seen it a thousand times. When you put these people as heroes or complicated heroes or anti-heroes or whatever, you're autom- you're making them the center of the attention, the center of the story. So why isn't, why why, why wouldn't we think of them as, flawed but still heroes in our in our minds right and again it's it's a very calculated thing i remember going to these things when i was kids and watching how the audience reacted i was very sensitive around that um and i was always interested in the in more counter narratives like sarah connor and determinator right and that always seemed to me a bit about and i don't want to take up the conversation man but i'm just talking about these things because they're so fascinating to me that always seemed to me about a domestic violence situation where a guy was a law enforcement agent and he was bulletproof <laughs> to anybody who could stop him on this earth in this era. And he could come after you and that damn baby you was about to have that's going to fuck up his life, you know? And so that always felt like there was some story to be told. And it was making a white woman heroic in this sense. But I just thought it was much more kind of a more revolutionary, more interesting in that way. Because it just seemed like the heroes in this were very flawed. And Reese was this character who looked like a bum. And, you know, he came out of nowhere and... Yeah, nothing else. But, you know, so I always felt like, okay, I could relate to Reese. And therefore, this wasn't a white story. You know what I mean? You know, I'm, I'm going to offer you a challenge, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, please, 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 please. Sorry, I'm talking to, too much. To, uh, no, no, I'm offering you a challenge. Uh, can mm-hmm. you tie this back to the Jesse Smollett case? Yes. And it's only because I'm, I'm rap, running my mouth so much. is because he, he's, so, <laughs> he's so exciting as a person who, you know, he's just an alien covenant. He just got killed in Alien Covenant. And you don't remember him at all? He's 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 a representative of what 
feels good about mulatto black black people in this culture right now. You don't have to remember him. But before you go on, a lot yeah. of people get mad at the word mulatto. That is oh, considered an outdated. Uh, yes, sorry. Yeah. I was going to say mixed raceness. And again, I know that's, I'm, I'm so old, I, I'm using the wrong terms, right? But uh, I'm laughing. I'm laughing whatever I got in trouble for mulatto last year because <laughs> I'm. Cause, oh, yeah, yeah, no. I'm and, old, and I look, I, I mean, cultural mulatto. And I was courting yeah, somebody yeah. else. And I got a bunch of like uh, angry YouTube comments. So oh yeah, no, I, I know, and I got to be careful too. I know. Again, I'm just a little clumsier with that stuff too. But I only say that because you know, I remember when I go, I was living down south for a while, and some kid asked me what I was, and I'm a light skinned black kid, but I'm I don't think I'm distinct, and I don't have light eyes or some you know curly hair or something like that, and. I, so I, I I didn't understand what he was asking me for. Like every time he asked me, and I said, "Oh, my mom's white. I mean, my mom's light skinned black woman. My dad's just a brown skinned dude." You know, it wasn't that big de- big a deal at the time. But I just remember thinking, "Oh, that's right. There's a whole crop of us that happen to be light skinned that might have features that are pleasing to white people that are now being pulled into. Whether you got black white or black mom or white mom or whatever, right? It's about us looking more appealing to people." I mean, look at you. Look in Hamilton, right? I'm not saying there aren't dark-skinned black guys in that film or whatever the hell it is, play or whatever. Okay, wait, but I got you off track again because you were yeah, going you did. Damn it, damn it, Jesse Smollett. That's my yeah, fault. Yeah. But I'm putting so think, you back on Jesse Smollett. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and again, some of the things about Empire is is a is is, is code is kind of tangential with this because there's how do I say this? It's not it's not ironic that. Empire is it has produced Jesse Smollett, and it's produced by Lee Daniels, and you know he he was doing things with Paperboy and all this stuff that I think was really uh, what what I what one friend thought was um, a, a transgressive, but what I think is really just people. Sh- I mean, it's people shooting at <sighs> shooting at trying to. Ac- Equi- trying to make an equation towards black people, towards a, a current black. I've never, I've never seen that one, but I've heard like horrible things about it. Th- th- that's one of his earliest features, right, Paperboy? Yeah, Paperboy. Paperboy. There's another film he's done with uh, Cuba Gooding and Ilamir, and it was equally awful in my mind, but it was still transgressive in that way. You know, Precious, obviously. Um, they're they're doing things, and I see this in TV shows like Them and things like that, where. You feel like it's a younger, and Lee Daniels is our age, but you feel like there's a younger mindset who's willing to compromise traumas that have gone on in black communities, even in their own lives, potentially, for the sake of soap opera exploitation. And I think that's what Jesse Smollett's doing. He's literally just saying, <clears throat> okay, how can, I fi- how can I get a bigger name as the black, the gay Tupac, right? He's hiring some black dudes. He can't even hire white dudes, right? He hires some black dudes to beat them up and pretend they're crackers with Trump hats on. And it's so outlandish to yours and my ear that we start to go, is this dude lying? Immediately, right? But because it's so it's so volatile, you just don't say anything, or maybe you do say something, right? But but then that was crazy was you would get into a lot of trouble if you expressed doubt on his story. Like and there were all these articles about um, um, misogynistic, homophobic, hotepish black men uh, casting aspersions on Jesse Smollett, and you know whatever. Even though there wasn't even that many doing it, to be honest. But it Dude, was, that's interesting. Uh, 
yeah, yeah, I didn't... yeah. It was very bizarre, and then and then once it kind of came out to likely be a hoax. Yeah, uh, none of the people who wrote that said anything. They just kind of kept quiet. Yes, I don't. I didn't remember the the, the 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 social media kind of context around it, but I was very interested in just how people were taking that because there was a lot of things going on at that moment. So you were supposed to respond to maybe LeBron. I mean, I think LeBron's garage door incident where somebody wrote the nigger on his garage door was something different, but it was supposed to be, oh, shucks, these Trump heads are about to do something crazy. So maybe that was a time period. I mean, so seems like so many years ago, right? It's only about four or five years ago this stuff happened. But there's so many things that have happened between the pandemic and all this, you know, we're about to go to war or whatever the hell's happening. So it, it feels like there's, you know, there's been, there's been a generation ago. But I forgot completely that all that that was the thing. You couldn't question it at the time. Whereas I immediately thought, I don't like this guy. I think he's a little bit phony, not because of anything I've seen of him in real life. I didn't like his acting. And that's my point <laughs> is, is that I think some people understand. And you guys made a point, too. You and uh, Bree at some point said something about how when you don't have a, a lot of skills, you tend to enjoy something that's easily imitated. Oh, that's what we're talking about. When we're talking about acting, if you don't have a lot of skills, all you have to do is a series of things you've seen on TV and in film to, to, to create a version of a person. <laughs> and I think Jesse Smollett was fairly good about doing it. I'm not saying he didn't have his own moments and everything else, because I'm sure what happens on a set is probably... I will, I will give him this. The guy, mm-hmm. the guy did seem to be a good singer. You know, like, his acting was questionable, but Fair enough. I did think, I did think the guy, I did think the guy could... Um, so at least by today's standards, like you know, a lot of people just put put runs on everything and just um, yeah the hell out of the song, you know. But, but, but and that's yeah, fair I mean, enough. He, he wasn't like amazing. He wasn't like amazing. Well, that's what I think is happening. I mean, you know, look look at Whitney Houston's acting when she's in Bodyguard or something like that. Some people like it, but you know, for me, there's something wonderful about what you're gifted at, right? And when you try to do so many other things or somebody's trying to get you into something that will be more lucrative, potentially, even like I think about Will Smith, like he was funny on the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And I think he was a gifted rapper for the genre that he and I wish, you know, that kind of genre stayed alive a little longer. Right. That just I'm a little suburban kid, but I got issues clearly going on in my own personal and, and you know, historical life. But. I would rather do this, you know, this kind of jokey kind of singy thing. And again, I think I would love Will Smith, just like the same way I'd love Tom Hanks more if he just did Bosom Buddies and wasn't some acclaimed serious actor now. Because I'm just like, I still don't get it to this day, you know. But, but, but you know, someone made a good point to me about that. Somebody in um, the business who just wants to write plays and he's having success writing plays and musicals. But you was talking about multi-hyphenism. Mm-hmm. And he was he was saying to me, hey, the reason why there's so many multi-hyphenates is because mm-hmm. none of these people are really good at one thing. So uh, yeah. so so it's not so they almost need multiple hustles to add up to one to one um hustle. One but real when, hustle. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like when when uh, Whitney Houston acted, she never really tried to be a serious actor. She did like two movies because people pushed her to do movies. Yeah. And she true. she she never really tried to chase it the way these, yeah. people, these people now try to have long-term viable careers in multiple things. And I, I'll give two examples today, right? Like mm-hmm. whether you like her or not, I think um, Ariana Grande can legitimately sing. She can hit all those octaves similar to like Mariah Carey. Sure. And if you notice, she's one of the few people who after like that Nickelodeon Disney stuff, all mm-hmm. she does is really sing, mm-hmm. you know, she, mm-hmm. she's the one exception, but, 
Most sure. of these other people are like uh, that other girl, Selena Gomez, who I have no idea what her main hustle is. One day she's doing a cookbook. One day she's doing music. One day she's acting again. And I'm like, 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 what? What are you? I don't understand. But everything yeah. I see her do, she's kind of average at it. So she almost kind of has to. Same with um Zendaya. Zendaya's done music. She's done acting. Yeah. I mean, I think right. I, I think out of all the things she does, she's mm-hmm. the best at acting. But even mm-hmm. then, it's not great. But nowadays, if you can cry. People think mm. you're good actors if, or actor. That's true. Like, that's like, true. Like if you can cry, that's what people think the hardest thing in acting is. So if you can just cry and command, everyone just thinks you're did I just Did I just sit in here and listen to you say that Zendaya's good at acting? <laughs> no, I said, I said out of all you the know? things she's good at, that's the closest oh. to something. To all the things she does, acting is, she, is, is the closest. At, is she good at acting, though? No, I'm, no, I'm saying the opposite. I'm saying that people think because she can cry and command that oh, she's a good actress. Okay, yeah. Mm. Well, I mean, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> like Zendaya is one of those one of those ones where you have to ask you a question. Yeah, that's the question. Is she talented or is she just light skinned? You know. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't think she's talented. I just think out of everything she does, like compared to her singing, the acting is the closest thing she does to a real talent. Because the only thing she can, because at least she can act, cry and command. But crying. Mm. I didn't even know she could. I didn't even know she could cry and command. Uh well on on, on Euphoria she's she always seems to be crying and, and oh, oh I haven't even watched a single episode of that bro. That's so... <laughs> well, I, I've seen the clips and there's two girls there's a white girl and Zendaya and they're always shown crying so the, that's the way I know the white girl especially I don't I, I haven't seen that show but that white chick just cries all the time I wonder if her character does does anybody know the the, the woman I'm talking about like she's the white girl and uh. She was also on the show um, White Lotus, and I've seen White Lotus, but I've never seen mm. her on on Euphoria. But mm. every picture of this white girl from Euphoria, she's crying. And I'm like, this character must wall to wall cry because no one shares wow. anything else. But but th- that's what good acting is to regular people now is can you cry and command? Well, she seems to be loved too, man. Like I think she gets. How do I say this? Because I'm trying to be really careful. Um, if people adore you. And if people have reasons for adoring you, um, for whatever reason, you bask in that, right? You get very comfortable with being you. And I think, you know, if you have a camera on you then, and people love you and go, oh, my gosh, she's just so gorgeous on screen. And, oh, my gosh, she looks so good on camera. Oh, my God. You know, you're a model already. You know, you're going to start but, to do things that if you're having any talent but, but at But that's all. another that's another example. And I'm going to respond to this uh, Zendaya point, and then we're going to move on to um, FF because he, he's in the queue. Yes, but, uh, but um, what I was going to say is, I feel like nowadays, right? Uh, well, this has always happened. There's always been people who had a grassroots support, and because they had a grassroots support, you started seeing them everywhere. But there's always been some people who publicist or somebody big wants them to blow up and you know people call them plants people call them whatever but someone who's like we're gonna put them everywhere and then that's gonna make people think that they like them you know like, like if we just put these people everywhere people mm. just start being convinced that they like them and i feel like zendaya is an example of that zendaya is somebody who they just you know who's the so first weird. you know who's the hmm? first actor to benefit from that and it was so weird how that happened to him was um oh my god sam oh my was he from? Was in like Avatar and oh, oh yes, 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 Clash yes. of the Titans and absolutely yeah. Sam. I forget his remember name. Was, 
Someone else was trying that with around the same time as Taylor Taylor Kitsch, that guy that Sam Worthington. Sam Worthington. Yeah, Sam Worthington. He's even got a boring name. He's even got an algorithm name, even Sam. Yeah, yeah, just a bland name. Um, but like that was the first actor where I was like, "Why is this guy in everything? He's not like I don't understand the draw here." Yeah, and yeah, yeah. And it was it was it was Taylor Kitsch for a while. Um, yeah. you know they tried it with the they tried it with the Danish guy with? too. Mm-hmm. Oh, which one? Uh, he was. He, they tried to make him at a, into RoboCop, but he's never been good at. A, oh, oh, that Joe, 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 Joe Kinnaman. Yeah, Kinnaman. Yeah. yeah, I didn't even know he was whatever. Oh, I thought from. you. Oh, I thought you were about to say some wild shit about Maz Mikkelsen. I was gonna have to come over. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> that's a, no, that's a scary guy. And and um, uh, what's his name? Uh, they tried it with Jai Courtney from uh, uh Spartacus Blood and Sand. Um, ah. I don't know if you remember Jai Courtney. He was like, yeah, I yeah, thought that was, was Sam Worthington like, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, they, they they tried to do that so many times, and I would say like a woman they tried to do that with was um, uh, what's her name, Kate Beckinsale from yes. the Underworld series. They tried, yeah, they, yeah. They sure tried. But the thing is, the the funny thing is, she something actually happened to her. She got better over time. Like I don't know if it's that she like, I don't know, like took acting lessons or like had really good dialogue coaches or whatever, but mm. she over time got much better. Like I can actually watch the movie with her leading it now. Mm. My, thing right? Kate, my, my thing with Kate Beckinsale, I think people just thought she was hot. So a lot of guys looked overlooked her acting. And her acting was terrible. No, objectively. Her acting was, was terrible, like, but, but yeah. her, her roles were in perfect guy father. It was like vampires versus werewolves and she's hot. So I don't think they were pushing her excessively. I just think, Guys just gave her more of a break than she deserved just because she was hot and they liked the premise of her movies. But I think Worthington is more of a and Kitch are more of outright plants. Like they had a wide array mm. of movies that they were being given. Every um uh, Shia LaBeouf was like that too. When Shia LaBeouf came out, they gave him every franchise. But Shia LaBeouf can actually act though. Yeah, he's oh, an yeah, interesting oh, yeah. quirky That's person what, too. I think. Yeah, whereas Sam Worthington is everything. Just... Indiana yeah. Jones' son, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, that's true. The, the, the new leader, Transformers, yeah, take it. Like any big thing happening, uh, it's you, shy. Get it? Yeah, yeah. She's well. He's the Zendaya of what is that, nineteen ninety or something? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But but but, but the reason I say that because you said modeling. I'm like, why is Zendaya modeling? Like, if you ever see her walk on the runway, she can't walk. <laughs> like, she's not a good uh, model. Like, like, she looks goofy walking, and it's like. You're already killing the acting game. They're giving you every single franchise. You, Dune, hey, take it. Uh, mm-hmm. Marvel Spider-Man, hey, take that. <laughs> hey, you want this? Take it. And it's like, let some poor Eastern European or girl from Ghana, you know, <laughs> get that runway spot. Like, why do you need that? Like, this, uh, these would be like 16-year-old, seven-feet-tall girls from, like, third-world countries that used <laughs> to get those jobs and feed their families. And it's like, you're just doing it just because you want to check another box on your list and that's what really annoys me about these plants now they just can't leave any crumbs on the table for anybody can, else can i say one thing though about that just because i, I yeah. can I, I can relate on some level because I'm, I'm a child of somebody who's relatively famous so people were trying to give me stuff i think if you're not if you haven't gone through something or whatever's happening going on in your life if somebody gives you something there's a chance to realize yourself and if somebody gives you something else and you still haven't figured it out you know, you're just trying to realize yourself through like eight different spider webs around the house and thinking you're, you know, thinking you're doing something because somebody's giving you a modeling career, somebody's giving you this, somebody's giving you a perfume or whatever the hell's going on. And, I, and you know, that's, that may be a good sign for us to turn back to Justice Smollett, right? He's, he's desperately trying to 
find himself with this 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 hoax, right? And now he's yes. definitely trying to find And his family's kind of famous. He has a lot of famous people in his family, so yeah. it ties into what you're saying. Yeah, and I, and I say all that to just say because I feel bad in that way because I'm uh, in this way. I'm not even a class trader because I didn't make any money from any of that. But that I can say that, like, I understand what that feels like. And so if we can understand it and we can also understand the whatever's happening for people who may be in that class of human species that have to pretend to be human. I'm not saying Zendaya is like that. I suspect that Jesse seems to be someone like that because he has no understanding of who's his audience, who is listening to him and who's believing him. You know, he's been lying yeah. since he got that Robin Roberts uh, interview. And it just makes <laughs> me go, poor guy, you don't understand that we see you lying. And again, the friends I've had in my life, I've had to stop being friends with. Because when I see you lying about stuff you told me, I can't fuck around with you no more, right? And you're trying to make me look stupid or crazy, you know? And so that's what I mean. Like, there's something about that that I have a lot of sympathy for. But I can't be friends with it. And maybe yeah. that's where I can, at least like I can close that out because I've been talking my ass off, man, my bad. <laughs> no, but thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Kev. Yeah, yeah. Uh, really enjoyed it. And I'm going to go on to um, FF, but feel free to come back up if you want to later on. Ooh, I'm, I'm still listening. Here. Right. All right, cool. Hey, how's it going, FF? You could talk about... Hey, Trevor. You could talk about Jesse Smollett or anything else we talked about because we've kind of tied into a bunch of stuff. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> glad, glad you're here joining us. No, no, thanks for having me. No, I just had a quick comment about Jesse. I mean, well, what what Jesse did is obviously weird as shit, and I, I don't really understand it from a just perspective of reasoning. Uh, like, still, like 150 days in actual prison, getting charged with a a, a, a felony, and then like the judge even like says. Uh, in 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 the ruling, you have ruined your own life effectively. Like so, they knew before going in. Like, yeah, you're all, all you have no future in any kind of job or anything. But oh yeah, by the way, here's a felony, six months in prison, and uh, oh you you also owe one hundred and fifty thousand dollars to the cops, who obviously need more need more money. So like, it's just I, I don't know. For me, it always rings of like cop like. To dunk on Jesse and his stupid ass de- decision still rings of propaganda to me, which is always unfortunate. Uh, you're absolutely right in that there's a lot of uh, fuckery that people are using this case as an excuse to get off. Like everyone's getting off their favorite racist talking points or um, propaganda talking points or anti um, hate crime talking points. And you're right. Some of the stuff that the judge was saying was um, pretty, pretty interesting. Uh, the judge Lynn person was doing a lot of soapboxing that um, seemed a little extra. And it's kind of weird because at the same time, you don't want, at least I'll say for myself, I don't really want to cape for Jesse Smollett. But at the same time, um, I do think a lot of the people involved in investigating and trying the case were actually uh, racist. They just got a really good uh, target or a good, and I think that's part of the reason why so many other people are mad at him because he's for that exact reason. Like you know, everything you're saying, people are mad at him for giving these people the ammunition that um they need at least for uh the duration. Of- well, not even that. It just gives more. Like, a it happened in Chicago and like not only Chicago, like inside Cook County, which is just. 
a whole different con convo about like race dynamics and and just how shady it is. But at, at the same point, in, same point in, in in time, it does give just again more fucking uh, as you said ammo to these you know critical race race theorist bullshit. You know these hate crimes don't exist. Racism's over. Like look, even this guy's faking it. Like it's just it's just annoying as shit to have to be like God damn it, Jesse. Now we have to deal with more of these morons. And it, but but it, again, like it still pit, pit, like pisses me off from you know just an ab an abolitionist pers, perspective because like Chicago PD's crooked as fuck. Like yeah, this is one fake hate hate crime carried out, but guess what? Chicago PD carries out hate hate hate, hate crimes on a daily fucking basis. It's just like it's so wild. Shit look, shit, look at Laquan McDonald and, and how exactly. that case should be more of a household name, and it's and it's not. But yeah, sorry, that's that's all I really wanted to comment on. It's just like I'm, while yes, Jesse is stupid and and should be held uh, accountable for his idiotic actions. Like I don't know, it is six months in prison plus uh, you know a hundred? What is it? One hundred seventy five thousand dollar fine when you don't have a job? You're not going to have a job for a long time, and now oh yeah, you're a felon. Like, like does anybody? Like, does anybody know I, the maximum he was he was up up for? I I don't know myself. I, it's, it's an open question. I actually don't know. No, I. I I'm trying try, try to figure out if he got got off relatively easy, considering what he was found guilty of, or if they gave him gave him the maximum. I have not been able to find out in the reading that. Uh, uh, Q, do you have any idea? I'm sorry, I got lost on the question. Oh no, I wanted to know. Do you know what the maximum he was eligible for um, getting, uh, given what he was found guilty of? Oh no, I wasn't. To be honest, I wasn't paying close enough attention to to figure out how long they could have locked him up for. But um, I don't know. I just in a city like Chicago, I I gotta say, like I I don't really have a whole lot of pity for him because I. I've when when it turned out that the uh, whole story was fake, I'm like, man, they're gonna get him. It doesn't matter what kind of defense he comes up with; they are gonna throw the book at his ass, and he should have known that before. Yep, that co-sign you a thousand percent. Cook like Cook County is one of the few places I would never want to be locked up in ever in my entire. Life. Yeah, yeah. So I I don't know, man. Like the whole thing is tough because I remember when when uh, when it happened. Um, and see, I don't know if you covered this before, um, but I came, I came into the room, but like the, I don't know, the response from the LGBT community, I would know, I would say, I would say like black gays, I shouldn't even say the LGBT community because it was like, it was black gays in particular that were like using that, um, incident back when people still believed that, uh, you know, Jesse had been attacked, but we're using the incident to basically like springboard a, what they probably thought was a principled critique, but is, you know, for, I'm assuming for cis black men, it's just like, all right, well, here's the other, here's, here's something else that got nothing to do with us. That's our fault now. Um, and that, that's actually like what made me the angriest about it is that like, on the one hand, you kind of had to um, make sure that you were like, not uh, on the side of the carceral system. Like you had, you had to position yourself in whatever you were saying, because a lot of people had no idea whether or not this thing was actually true or what, what the circumstances were, like the details were coming out in slow motion. Um, when the uh, the story broke, there was just a lot of really weird inconsistencies about it that people picked up on in the first place. 
And I think the the hesitance for people to call it one way or the other um, for a lot of uh, for a lot of gay black men was like, oh, this is this is just another example of like a black man hanging this out to dry. And it's like, okay, but I see it too, and I'm not cis and straight, so or I'm not I'm not I'm not cis hat. And uh, I think for a lot of the media class, like the the kind of people that like live to get their articles published in Out Magazine, um what they really wanted to do was like show their white editors and editors in chief show their white agents that they were willing to like go for what come, what can come across as coming or going against consensus. But really what it is, is like demonstrating more loyalty to their job and their career than to their people. And so there was just like a flurry of like tweets and articles and think pieces and so on that were talking about, uh, straight black men, like not caring about the plight of gay black men and how they're affected by police violence too. That actually fucking disgusted me because those pieces are still up. Nobody updated, nobody apologized. And they were getting like, they were getting exponentially worse and worse to the point where it's like our biggest oppressors are, are cis black men. Yeah. And, and even the one that, even some of the ones that people called out after the fact just kept quiet. They didn't even say anything. Um, um, after like a retraction, they just uh, ignored everybody coming at them. Do I forgot? There was one Dominican guy I remember who said who wrote an article, and then there were a couple of others on on Twitter. Um, by the way, I found out what the maximum was because because to me I'm like for like five felonies, even class four. That sounds kind of low what they gave him. And so so this is another reason why like I um don't feel too bad for him because it could have been much worse. Uh, each count had a maximum of three years, and he was found guilty on five. So according to this, they could have sentenced him to a maximum of 15 years. Um, I mean, I doubt they would have done that, but it was uh, theoretically possible. So 150 days, I mean, um, it, could have been a, it could have been a lot worse. Even if you think 150 days is still too much for what he did, I mean, damn, can you imagine 15? I, I feel like even a lot of his detractors would have, you know, drew the line at 15 years, but you know, crazier things have happened. So, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of nuts. I, I guess my question is like, for what? Like, what was all of that for exactly? That's 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 my yeah, that's my question. Like, like it's it's one thing if I don't know, like uh, I could, I can sort of halfway understand the Sean King. Not to say that I sympathize in any way, shape, or form, but I could kind of understand it in the sense that like you use, like you're not taking any personal risk. So the risk, the other, the risk and the harm that befalls other people, you kind of like swoop in and then make yourself the center of it. So people are focused on you and not the person who was like, you know, like shot or beaten to death by police or brutalized or whatever. So it's like, you don't actually have to really risk anything. Um, but then you, you get like worldwide acclaim, you're called a hero and a, you know, you're, you're like standing up for your people and that and a third. And you're making like bank off of it too. So I can understand the um, what the motivation is, but for Smollett, I don't understand the motivation there because it's like there's so much that can go wrong. Like you're a you know a, an internationally recognized movie star. If one of these dudes decides that they want to go, I don't know, like sell a book or an expose or something like that, all I got to do is open their mouths and talk. So you're like you're putting yourself at tremendous risk to make yourself the center of an issue that people were already aware existed. It's not like people had to be convinced about 
the reality of police brutality. We were already in a, an environment at that time where that's all we were talking about is police brutality. So I, I just, that one, I really don't understand. Why make yourself this? And he really took the 90-90-9 to heart because he stuck, stuck with it to the end. So I honestly I, I, I respect that. <laughs> that's, that's uh, you know, he sticks to his guns. A lot of people would have just taken a plea. Yeah, did you did you play the audio like when he was uh, taken off the to jail? Oh no! The prison? Oh, oh no! No, I was waiting for you for you to, to actually. Uh, since you have the actual, um, I don't. I'm at, like I'm on my mobile device. Um, oh, I'm not I, at my I computer can, desk. Okay, I can do it. I can do it with just holding sure, sure. the the mic to the uh, computer. Hold on, but yeah, it's even crazy when you hear it being said. Hold on. Just waiting for it to load up. Okay, here it is. Hold on, I have to get the volume up. some like some threat to the system that like they're gonna have to i don't know they're gonna have to like send somebody in like i don't know like uh bribe some other incarcerated felon to to go and hem him up in the, in the prison library like in the wire like how they did yeah, uh, the angelo barksdale yeah, that's exactly what we were talking about before before you came in and i have no idea how clear it came out uh sorry if it didn't no it was, it was good if you... oh, okay clear yeah it's even funnier when you see the body language behind it because he just stands up like he's still calling the shots. And it's like, I have a weird admiration for his, you know, some people, they, they would look disheveled, um, meek, you know, uh, whatever. I mean, he is, uh, he, he's a, either he's really that delusional or he's just really, I mean, for a second, I started wondering, like, you know, does this guy actually think he's innocent? I don't know. Like, he's, he's really um, sticking to his guns. But the way he stands up, and the way he so confidently uh, asserts his case, he's very, uh, yeah, like I say, he just sticks to his guns to an incredible um, amount. A lot of people would have just copped a plea a, a while ago and called it a day, but not him. Uh, Sam Jackson wrote a letter on his behalf, which I found interesting, um, and so did his wife. And also um, Jesse Jackson, um Alfred Woodard, NAACP president and CEO Derek Johnson. What I found interesting was, why did no one from actual Empire <laughs> stand up for him? That's very bizarre. Like no Lee Daniels, no Empire. They, they also just want to get past it. And they in want general, to do with it. They, well, yeah, I mean, they want... he, yeah, he just straight up embarrassed them. So I, I could I could see how like I could see how uh, Lee Daniels, who I mean, it, it, there was already like. Uh, 
like problems with black people in the industry feeling exploited by him anyway. So it, it wouldn't surprise me that like him getting in the way of Lee Daniels' bag is enough for Lee Daniels to not want to vouch for his character. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And but, but you know what's crazy too with with that whole thing is was the Empire fall off really hard before this happened, or is it this case that kind of just ruined the whole legacy of Empire? Because Empire, even though I didn't keep watching it past the first season, when it was out for the first couple of years, it was a ratings juggernaut. Like it was yeah, one of the power. Top I shows think uh, when. When Power came out, and everyone was like, well, we already have Empire. What, what do we need Power for? And I, I, I do kind of feel the same way. It's almost like um, like in the wake of that scandal, Power eventually surpassed Empire. I don't even hear anybody uh, talking uh, about um, it. Power actually, I think Power actually came out uh, first. It? But, I think, but I think Empire was bigger, faster. Yeah, okay. Like, like, um, yeah, because I, think... I, I didn't even know about Power until... Um, people started talking about Empire. I thought it came out afterwards. But, like, Empire has pretty much, uh, in at least as far as, I, uh, as far as I've seen, like, Empire has very much faded from the cultural conversation. No one talks about it anymore. Yeah. No one has any... There's not even memes from it. Like, a show that big, you would think there'd be, like, memes all all from... all about the show everywhere, and no, like, like it's just a totally forgotten... A Power came out 2014, Empire came out 2015. I think what helped Empire is that Empire is on Fox, so everyone can see oh, true. it. Power's on Stars. Power yeah. is on, on Stars. So, so um, yeah, so, so when Empire came out, it came out to higher ratings. I think by the end, Power Power being such a juggernaut that it, you know, surpassed um, Empire in the ratings, you know, but uh, Empire, when it first started out, like, eclipsed, eclipsed Power, and I know it's definitely the number one show in the black community. Like, like they, 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 they track those things. It was the number one show in black households, but it was pretty high in general. Like I think it like cracked the top 10 even at some point and it just became totally forgotten. Um, yeah. So a lot of people um, writing on behalf of Jesse Smollett, there was a Jesse Smollett Instagram page I was talking about and all these different celebrities we're we're on that. It's things called justice justice for Jesse or something. And uh, yeah, yeah, there's a handful of people. I kind of wanted to get back to acting because I'm like he's a, he's a character at least. Give him a reality show. Give him something. <laughs> like don't let him fade from our lives. You say that now, but I have no doubt. I was actually just thinking the exact same thing. Is that when he gets out of prison, like they're going to give him something, right? Like I don't know if he's going to get a reality show or or what, but. He's he's way too much of a character to just be locked away for good. So I yeah, can see I, I can see I can see himself like doing some just like insane shit on IG Live. Like his, his lawyers probably kept him under control long enough um, to make sure that he wasn't going to get the book thrown at him, right? But I mean, after he serves a sentence, what is there left for him to do? He can say whatever the hell he wants now, right? So yeah, I, I think that uh, when he's released, like. Somebody who somebody who goes into prison, talking as if like, I don't know, like 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 he's Huey P. Newton, you know, and that he might get got from from the inside. I I think that's just like too precious of a character to like go to waste. Oh yeah, for sure. Especially in this shameless in- environment, and there's so many people who are still blatantly caping for him. I would not be surprised if they try to put him on some platform they're on, like 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 Kendrick Kendrick Samson from Insecure was, you know. Um, 
publicly taking his side, Patrice Colors and various other people. Oh my god. They'll they'll find something. They'll find something for him. And I I mean I I'll say I, I wonder what his career was what his career was gonna do if this didn't happen. Because I, I was very interested in, in his career because he was gonna have an album come out and I was wondering can an openly gay man um you know have a successful R and B album. I think it would have been interesting to see if it could have happened. Like, you know, a platinum um R and B album by an out gay man. I mean, because people always speculated that Luther Randos was gay, but you know, he never fully said it or didn't say it. So people could just pretend that his songs were about women. He put women in his music videos when he had women in them, like said a uh get Gus what's her name? Garcelle Bouvo Bouvo Bouvet's always forget her name, but yeah, she was his love interest in the video and everything. Yeah, Garcelle Bouvet. Yeah, 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 Garcelle Bouvet. And I remember when it came out, people were like, "Oh, Luther, like, what are you doing? Come on, <laughs> who are you fooling?" But you know, he never. But this is going to be probably the first and the biggest um, R and B album by an openly uh, Gay artist. I was really curious to see what would happen. I guess now we're not going to know. At least, uh, are you sure about that? I'm not so um, sure about that. I, I, I'm not so sure that that is off the table. Oh, I don't think, I don't think it's off the table. But but oh, you talking about his album specifically? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm, I'm saying, like when, like once he gets out, I think anything is possible, right? Like I, in in a lot of ways, I think true. it's going to be. Not only as if this never happened, but this happening is like, uh, like the that he got himself into this position in the first place is not his fault. It's what society made him into. Like I, I would not be surprised if that's because keep in mind, like remember, you know, when uh, Britney Spears was just like she was just ter- like just a bull in a china shop throughout the late 2000s before um, she got hit with the conservatorship. And I think people kind of forget like how out of control she was and whether it was due to like, you know, mental health issues or whether it was like due to like, you know, toxic relationships or whatever. I mean, the fact is like she was on some wild shit. And um, I think because she had to be quiet for so long and because she was doing the conservatorship and people were like, you know, when they would see videos of her, it would be her like, I don't like painting or enjoying herself on the beach or, you know what I mean? Like she would just be doing like regular people stuff. So it made her very like eminent, eminently relatable. And then now that she's out of the conservatorship, she's starting to act up again. And I'm like, what did you think was going to happen? So in a way, I, I think that like the same thing will happen to him. And I, I think they'll hit the fast forward button on it because like, now there's far less difference between fame and infamy than there was like uh, back when Britney Spears got put under conservatorship. So I, I think that she's going to come out of this. She, that uh, he's going to come out of this. Um, if anything, with like even more support than he had. In the- I, I think it's I think it's very possible. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I was going to say there's not uh, a lot more comments about. Jesse Smollett, because I see people up in here, but not a lot of people want to come up and talk. Uh, we might call this one, call this one early, because I don't feel like making it long just to, just to make it long. Just to you know fill content. Well, yeah. By the way, you, you've been starting at eight fifteen lately. What is going on with that? Because you used to start at eight thirty. Oh, I, you start you start way before I got to put the girls to bed. 
Oh, do you want me to start later? I didn't know you did. Yeah, yeah, I thought, because I thought, like, you had your appointment, and then, like, 8.30 was a good time for you. Um, so I had, like, I had it in my watch for uh, 8.30, but I noticed you've been starting a little bit earlier, and I assumed that that's, oh, uh, like, it was I just more I told convenient. You, oh, I thought I told you I was starting at 8.15, but maybe I didn't uh, announce that I was changing the time. Yeah, I, I made it 8.15 because they were, they were ending kind of late, so I figured, okay. you know, uh, why not why not do it? Because... Some of the other ones, um, no, they were getting a lot. Yeah, of we were. Yeah, we were getting like close to midnight sometimes. I know that. Yeah, so so that's why I was like, maybe even fifteen minutes would would um would help. But if you prefer to eight thirty, I don't really mind. We, we can just be more vigilant about keeping them keeping them shorter, especially because we're going to do a couple of more days days a week. I mean, I know. You're yeah, gonna you are going to have to really guard your time jealously. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, the, 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 uh, the last thing I was going to say though, was, um, like the, the how am I going to put this? I think this is actually not going to like cap the, um, the, this is not going to cap the Jesse Smollett saga. I think this is actually the start of something worse. Maybe I'm just cynical, but I kind of feel like with everything right now that's vying for people's attention, like for people that don't really have a lot to offer society generally, like let's be perfectly honest. I'm like, sure. He is an acclaimed actor, but how useful are like actors and actresses to society generally? And I think that like, you know, being in film and TV is just not enough for them. Like they, they desire, um, it is weird. Like they desire like a level, a level of adulation that is completely out of proportion to their social function. And I think that's a lot of the reason why, like, as you talk about, like, the most important position to aspire to for many people is influencer, like even for the president, because if you're an influencer, that means a lot of people like you and a lot of people look up to you. A lot of people like sort of like take your lead. And I, I think that in order to continue to be an influencer in a world that's increasingly going pear-shaped, people are going to end up doing wild and unforgivable shit in order to get there and they're going to be rewarded for it so i kind of see this as like not the closing of a chapter but the opening of a potentially more scary one yeah i think that you know there's the old adage that there's this thing is bad publicity and i used to always take it as a myth and say you know it was an exaggeration but i think it's becoming closer and closer to becoming uh true like like there really is uh, like 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 i'm telling you like First of all, you know, uh, Charles Manson and the Manson girls would be fucking, they'd be cleaning up right now. Oh, you know? yeah. They, they would yeah. be like, they'd be like, they'd be like the, they'd be like the Golden State Warriors in their prime years. Right? Yeah, it, it, especially the white girls. The white girls would get to oh, my on, God. On, 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 on white girl tears big time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and they would say it's Manson's toxic masculinity. And, I would you know, not, I would be surprised if a single one of them ever, ever actually did jail time, right? Like, yeah, yeah. And, and, they would and, actually become like, like, like survivors. And the uh, amount of, oh, absolutely, yeah. They try to do that to, to Ghislaine Maxwell. Like, the thing is, like, Ghislaine Maxwell, she's like older. She's like, uh, you know, she's, she's foreign. But like, you know, some girl who like, I don't know, grew up in some like small town in Minnesota, you know, it's, it's a wrap. Like they're, they're getting away with it. And then the second thing is that like, just the amount of open thirst that would be going down, just like the unabashed, just straight up like, oh yeah, I can fix her. Or even oh, step yeah, on my yeah. neck, mommy. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah, the, the, the big, step on my neck shit. Now. Like, 
yeah, it would be out of control. Game. Like people are doing that with like Jordi Arias, you know, and uh, and uh, Casey Anthony, you know. So I, it would be a hell of a. It would, not only would it be worse, but it would. Um, I I honestly think that there would be like a, uh, like a a, a cultural echo effect. I think like, um, the Manson Gang, uh, their their cultural echo effect caused I think two things one for Hollywood to engage in a tiny bit of self-examination, but also two, um, that like it didn't, re- it didn't rebound on like cult behavior. It rebounded on, uh, hippies and it rebounded on poor people, right? Like the, the, the possibility that any poor person you come across is just like inherently dangerous. You know, that, 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 that lasted all the way through the eighties and nineties. And I think like, I think the uh, the Manson murders kind of I, I don't know that they be, I don't know that they started it but I I do feel like it's something that like uh spiked that mentality in the American psyche and I think it would have the complete opposite effect today. It's not that that would like cause a widespread fear of a certain type of people or a certain class. I think it would actually cause people to start to like admire these qualities and and you know what I mean like I don't. Know if, I don't know if I'm making any sense here. No, no I, I kind of feel like what you're talking like, about. Like it's, I, it's I, almost I, like because because they're so famous, it would be like aspirational. You being famous for its own right is a big deal now. And and to, to give another example, right? There's a lot of times people do this to me all the time on Twitter. But a lot of times you can tell they're people with the extremely online mindset. And, and there's a difference between being on the internet a lot. And having an online brain. Like, for example, I'm on the internet a lot. Uh, definitely too much. But I haven't actually absorbed a lot of the ethos. Like, for example, the idea that if you are if you get mad, you lose. Like, I never understand that. Like, who cares if you get mad? If you're right, you're right. Like, you know, but there's a lot of people. Or the idea that if you type more, somehow you lost the argument. No matter how good it is. Like, uh, so, so, so you'll type something and someone will be like, uh, you know, uh, you lost because, you know, you typed that paragraph or I'm not reading all that. It's like, well, then you're stupid. Like, how does that make me look bad that, that you don't want to, you bring up a point? Because in all, wanna... because in all of the points that you were making, did you say once, I'm going to keep it real with you, Chief? I ain't reading all that. Did you say that? No, you didn't. <laughs> what, 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 see, see, well, that's, that's the thing. Uh, there's these weird rules of the internet that they think everyone subscribes to. And it's like... The, yeah, yeah, no, like, the I number one, the that. number one rule of the internet is high impact, low effort. That's pretty much yep. it. like those. That's the rule. There, well, yeah, well, well, exactly. well, like, hold on, sorry. There, there, there was a rule that I basically developed for like Twitter that I heard other people say, like, if you ever find yourself on Twitter and this is for social media in like general, and you're the one typing the fucking paragraph, you lost. Like, pack it up. You, you, you fucking lost probably because like no one else is gonna care. Like they want it short and sweet and to the point because the uh, attention span of the average person is like that of a like a small mouse. It's just yeah. See, but like I get that, but I always feel like the kind of people that you lose with that are like morons anyway. So it's like so my attitude is who cares? But like, like society the kind is filled with that you're gonna people lose. though, like because like we, we yeah. know from like the no child left behind and and all these other things. <laughs> yeah. like, motherfuckers are not very bright out here. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but, but but like like one of the rules, for example, that people say is like someone will be saying something stupid, and then they'll be like, "Oh, don't you know that person is trolling?" 
or that person is not telling the truth. And then I'll be like, who cares? If you said something that crazy, like, you know, if the joke is about like molesting kids or something weird, it's almost worse if you're doing it as not seriously. Like, why would you even sign your name to something uh, that makes you look that bad? Or like reality shows, like um, someone does something in a reality show where they make themselves look really bad or maybe leak their own porn tape. And someone was like, yeah, you look stupid criticizing them because they're doing that on purpose to troll. And it's like, that's even worse. Like, so, so you mean that you're making yourself look that bad and embarrassing your parents or your kids um, and you don't even believe this shit? I would actually be expected more if this person believed the dumb shit that they were doing. You know what I mean? Like, uh, but I think it lends credence to what Q was saying that... Um, Nobody really cares what you do as long as it's getting you clout. And if you knowingly get the clout on purpose, they admire you more. No matter how objectively stupid or bad the thing is, you're a master uh, manipulator. Like, like, for example, even the people defending, there was a clip from a show that came out today. And it was like they're making jokes about, it was called, um, do you remember the name of it, Q? We, we were talking about it. Uh, it was the the bus down. It was it's called bus down. And oh it's like, my god! Yeah, and it's bad stoner humor. It's like it's it's a bad unfunny. It's always sunny, but meets um, jackass type humor. It's like dated stoner humor, but with black people like disguising stuff as a black show. And the the clip that the guy was sharing was a creator of the show was about a black guy getting molested by his white boss. And there was no punchline. That was just a joke, right? And then uh, everybody was kind of saying, like, you know, what's this? And I, I retweeted, like, how is this even a joke? Like, it's not even, I'm not even against, I'm not like a politically correct person where, you know, everything automatically offends me if it's politically incorrect. Like, you can probably make a good joke about um, something like that, but it better be really good to justify it. And this had no actual joke. It was just the act of the molestation was supposed to be the humor. So when I um, pointed out, I'm like, I don't even get like why this is funny. The guy went into my replies. He's like, oh, you mad? You know? And it's like, okay, what if I was? I wouldn't make this good. Like, uh, and then I was like, oh, I'm not really mad. I'm just kind of disappointed, you know? But there was this idea that if he got me mad, then he proved something somehow. But I'm like, that doesn't make this funny or clever at all but that's internet troll logic like it's it's infecting everything now and i just think uh i'm trying to get back to what q said about the mansons i think i think yeah as long as you get people upset and if you did it even on purpose people like it even even more if you're if you're if this is this cynical is what i'm talking about if you're doing it cynically people admire it even even more because now you're a puppet master right. moving everybody around on on the strings. Whereas to me, if you're doing it cynically, that's even even worse to, to me. Yeah. It's like if you like were at a guest or if you were at a guest at somebody's dinner and you like climbed up on the dinner table, you know, dropped your pants and took a shit right in the middle of the dinner table, like, you know, into the salad bowl and people were just like disgusted and be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You wouldn't turn around and be like, ah, ha, ha, ah, ha, I got you. Are oh, you mad? But like, for some reason, when people do, it was this, a like, bit. It, it, it was yeah, a yeah, bit. yeah, yeah. This is a bit. I was, I was trolling. Know? I was committing. I was committing all the way to the bit. Yeah. 
but yeah, like yeah. but like when you do these things online or even worse like when you engage in this kind of like reality stuff in person like if you see some of the stuff that people like do for attention on like tiktok and on instagram shorts but like to me uh, a mass uh or, like a serial killer cult is the logical endpoint of all this is what i'm trying to say like that's sort of like one of the last social taboos or one of the last few social taboos is just like engaging in outright cold-blooded murder. And I think, I think at some point like influencer culture is going to incorporate the act of, uh, like homicide with malice afterthought into the, the steps to like internet fame. And, and, and you know, another reason why I don't follow those rules is because I don't think they actually work and I'll explain why. Like, if you type, like, a paragraph in response to somebody, but if it's a devastating paragraph, like, people lie. They, they, they read the shit, you know? Even if they say I'm not reading all that, uh, they're going to read it. And if it cuts their soul, it's going to cut their soul. But I see these arguments people have where they're just competitively, they're competitively caring less in each response. But the responses go on for like seventy responses. Like, okay, you know, shut up, you know, laughing face, whatever. Yeah. I'm like, okay, that looks way lamer, you know. Like you just you've done like seventy tweets in a row, of pretending you don't care with the cry just, laugh uh, emoji. Yeah, 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 with, with the cry laugh emoji and then the picture of the, um, you know, guy crying with, but with the happy face. It's like no one's reading that. Think you don't care, you know? Like, like you wouldn't be digging your heels in that long. Still trying to get the last word for like four hours, you know. So it's like, like why even bother? It doesn't, it doesn't really fool anybody, you know. Like, like uh, there's someone arguing with me, and they were like, "Yeah, that's why you're so mad. That's why I'm like, dude, we're both arguing for like an hour. We're both mad. Like, why even like sit here and pretend? Like, just stop being stupid yeah. and make your point. Like, like yeah. I'm not gonna sit here and just competitively act like I'm less mad. <laughs> you, mad you know, you know what stupid. actually, you know, you know what actually kind of. I was just thinking about, I was, I was just thinking about like, you no, know, I feel like there is something that proves that this is true. And that's that, um, how Ryan Coogler got arrested trying to make a $12,000 withdrawal from the bank. Right. And, um, he got arrested because the bank teller found it really weird that he passed her a note asking for a $12,000 withdrawal, but he was asking for the withdrawal along with having provided his ID and his bank card. Right. So like, it was, oh, it was oh, already... oh, 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 by the, by the way, I, I read up on this because there was a lot of misinformation on the internet. And what it seemed to happen was he did fill out a proper withdrawal slip. But yeah. He wrote a note on the back saying, please don't count this out in a conspicuous way because I don't want everyone to see that I'm getting. Oh, my. 12, so, okay. 12, so, like, yeah, I hadn't even I hadn't even gotten that. But when, um, you know, when it was said that he passed a note, I'm like, of course he passed a note because you don't like. You don't be in a bank and uh, have any uh, confidence in getting to your car safely and getting to where you're going safely and not being followed. You don't count the money out. Like you don't ask for the, uh, the, the dollar amount out loud and you definitely do not count the money. So like you, what would normally happen and being somebody who worked in a bank is when somebody wants to make a withdrawal of a large cash sum, even if they said, "Hey, I want to make a withdrawal for X, you know, XYZ amount," like even if people heard it, the thing you don't do is go and count it. So what you'll do is you'll, because for a, an amount that large, you don't get it from the cash dispenser. You actually have to go into 
the um, you have to go into the cash manager's office. Uh, tell them that there's going to be like a, a large cash withdrawal. Uh, you verify the information like the person is who they say they are. So you probably will like make a call to um, the head branch and get permission to make a withdrawal that large. And uh, usually they'll have to like call ahead of time too. Like it, nobody's going to come in and just ask for like that amount of money because the bank may not even have that much on hand to be able to dispense in cash. So if somebody has already made that request, it's very likely that the uh, the cash manager knows that that person is coming and at what time and they have it available to give to them in a package not just like count the money out and then hand over to them so they can stuff it in their wallet or in their back pocket like there's a process that's involved here to make sure that the customer is as safe as possible so like the idea that um people were seeing that he you know was trying to silently communicate that he wanted a withdrawal of that size and they're like, well, why didn't he just use his words? And I'm like, I swear, like, influencer and cloud culture has fucking ruined people's brains. Because, of course, like, they've never seen that much money. Of course they want to declare that they have $12,000 on hand. Like, that's a flex for them. But that's oh, a yeah. serious risk for people. But, but I just found weird the misinformation, too, when everyone just kept saying that he wrote a note. And, you know, didn't say that. Uh, and then to find out later, I read in the news that he actually filled that withdrawal slip. But they made a note on the, on yeah, the back. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like it makes it makes it a more fun story to tweet because people want to argue, like you know. By, but, but that's I mean, I found it I found it believable because like, I like that has literally happened when I was working at a bank and and somebody came in that was supposed to be making a withdrawal. Um, because normally what you're supposed to do, like when you make a, a large cash withdrawal, is that you, you don't even wait in line for the teller. Um, you ask to speak to. Uh, you, either your um, your personal advisor or you ask to speak to the branch manager who will take care of that for you. But let's That's say that you do, you do end up, let's say, at the uh, the teller's wicket. Um, it is it is absolutely normal that a person who's making a large cash withdrawal will not verbally say to you, hey, I want to withdraw for this much. They It is very common that they'll have a note written down saying this is how much I would like to withdraw from such and such account so that they can communicate to you what they want to do without putting themselves at risk after they leave the branch. So like the, the immediate, like I said, the immediate thing that I seized on was like when people are saying, well, you know, this is his own fault. Why can't he communicate? Why is he doing all this for Like, why is he being so extra? And it's like, you're saying that because you want to be extra. Like you want to be able to withdraw that much money. It's never going to happen. So you can't sympathize with this guy who's like doing what he can to protect himself. And, and again, this is where I think this whole like culture of uh, like, trying to first of all show people how little you care but also how much you have and oftentimes marrying the two how much you have like how you were able to amass so much by caring so little i think that that is what is i don't know like i i kind of feel like that is something that has massively brain damaged most of the western population I call it I call it try hard apathy. It's the most like, annoying. Yeah, thing. yeah, like, yeah. Like, like 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 when you look at somebody's uh, online profile and you can't get any sense of who they are because it's so much. It's just a bunch of uh, one-off shit posts and everything. And it's like you've been on this platform like way too long, doing way too many tweets to still have none of you in any of it. Like, yeah, you've, you've a lot of failed. Not only have you, it's not even like you failed to develop a personality you are doing everything in your power to avoid people getting to know what your personality is. But, but you hear all the time. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's like, 
hey, hey, look at me. Please don't look at me. Like, it's the worst um, type of energy. It's very annoying. Um, Kay is back. We're going to give Kay um, a chance to uh, share his opinion. How's it going? Oh, oh, wait, wait. Something is up. You don't sound the same as before. Oh, can you not hear me now? Yeah, yeah, yeah I can hear you. Oh, okay, cool. Maybe I just got to put the voice like to the walkie, like a walkie-talkie. But I was just going to affirm what uh, uh, what Q was saying uh, about uh, the Manson. Uh, I have a, a kind of a black hippie friend. Uh, he's in his seventies now, and he would always talk about what a what a glorious time it was because he could hitchhike all the way across California and everything. And he may have been an exception in terms of I don't know how many black people were doing that. But he talked about just what it felt like for his generation to be able to kind of get anywhere they wanted to just by sticking out their finger. And, you know, it was such a novel thing for so many young people to do that. Um, and they felt completely safe, or at least the the notion was that, you know, so many people were doing it. I guess whoever didn't feel safe or didn't get out alive, you know, we, we, we didn't hear enough about them. But certainly the Mansons and that whole life of squatting and doing all the stuff and that became very, very quickly unpopular as the drugs and everything else. So it's, it's interesting that that cultural thing is now kind of in question as far as being some sort of MK, whatever, all operative or something like that. I don't know. There's a book cut by Tom O'Neill talks about, I don't know whether you believe that stuff or not, but it's just interesting to think about like the Manson thing as being a setup by some other groups of people who wanted this, this, this degree of freedom. And I always really find hitchhiking really interesting in the same ways, like uh, being able to go to movies and do other things or go to malls and do other things besides what they're meant for. There's a repurpose. Yeah, I think like it's very much a mark of privilege to be able to hitchhike. Yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely, definitely. For me, I, did, I didn't, you know, obviously we grew up in a time when you get killed if you try to do that, <laughs> or at least you felt like you would be. But he said there was so much happening at the time that, you know, for a certain class of kids, they felt very, very entitled to being able to do that. And so all that stopped, <laughs> you know, or at least it stopped pretty quickly shortly afterwards because of the Mansons and everything, all the fallout from that too. So, yeah, I mean, I'm sure it got illegalized too, but it just made me think, yeah, I wonder what it would be like to still be able to hitchhike now, you know, and, and everybody's taking, taking, taking advantage of that, right? It would never happen, obviously, but it's just interesting. <laughs> but but it, it, w- w- little white women used to hitchhike. It was very uh, weird to think about now, but yes, you know, uh, people people used to just be able to do it. Mm-hmm. And I had a friend whose mother told all these hitchhiking stories. Uh, she 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 was a white girl, and her mother was talking about hitchhiking like all across the country, you know, with mm-hmm. a home girl and the. In the seventies, and I was like, "Really? That's crazy." I know, right? It sounds but crazy. They, but they did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I want to move on to um, to Rennie, but thanks, thanks again, oh, thanks, and uh, FF, FF. Thanks for your uh, contribution too. I forgot to give you a thank you before I moved you uh, down. Hey, man, what's going on? How you feeling? Yo, what's up with y'all, man? Ah, nothing, nothing much, nothing much. Oh, I'm also saying real quick uh, to give people some homework. Uh, the next thing we're gonna do is probably about that show, um, Bust Down, because I saw two episodes of it. Because I know oh, people shit. are gonna say, I know people are gonna say, oh, you need the context. They always say that, so I just watched the stuff just so that they can't <laughs> say that we're taking it out of context. And the context was actually worse. So mm. I actually want to watch and I actually want to talk about it. So if anybody wants to. Uh, to talk about it in the next one. It's on Peacock. It's it's free, I believe. And uh, I only watched two episodes. I'm not going to watch all the episodes because it's not 
it's not worth it. I, I got the point after two. And, and that's all I have to say. So, so yeah, uh, Rennie, please finish what you were going to say. Oh, uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, appreciate the conversation. I also think it's that I got an alert earlier about something on a new fucking either a prime, a prime, something on prime called bust down or HBO one of the two. And I was like, what the fuck is this? But anyway, um, interesting conversation about the Jesse Smollett and how that sort of like interweaves in like a, almost a contradistinction between that and, um, and this Ryan, this Ryan Coogler situation. Like me personally, I think, you know, giving them 150 days in jail. I personally, I'm, I'm personally against it though. I'm definitely not on, though. I definitely don't agree with his methods and whatever the fuck he was trying to do. But I really think as y'all have already been speaking to is like, it's really a artifact of the society in itself more than like his human spirit. Like, because when you think about like society and this sort of like striver climbing influential and some of these like, these artists who, you know, may not get as much attention as they want. They're starting to do these really weird, malevolent type of things. And I think, I think Jesse is just like really a victim to that kind of, uh, I know victim is an interesting word to use, but that kind of like societal pressure to be, you know, uh, you know, this predominant artist and he's just kind of not. So really I think it's a mental health thing for him. Cause like anybody who would willingly do some shit like that, certainly needs some kind of intervention like and this is not me being funny it's just like i don't get that kind of shit especially during the time that he did it it was kind of like insensitive you know to the climate so that's one thing and um with this ryan coogler situation as someone who's also worked in a bank as a bank teller in my uh early years it's interesting that i haven't been on twitter in like almost two months but it's interesting that from what you guys were saying that this was the response to it because most people don't know that most bank tellers, well, all bank tellers have a certain limit that they can hold in their drawer, period. So mm. even if you're like, even like, especially if you're a beginning teller, your drawer limitation is lower than like someone who may be like a lead teller. And so many people come to the bank with that knowledge anyway, that you're that for this transaction, this person is going to have to get, confirmation they're gonna have to have they're gonna have to get up um many people write notes all the time saying hey i want large bills i just explained that yeah like many people will literally write on their notes oh i want this in 20s they'll have it already written down and so it's really not out of the ordinary for someone to write a note especially on the back of a withdrawal or deposit like that's just that happens all the time but i think in this situation, it's just the fact that, I mean, there are certain identity markers and caricatures about black men that shape how we think about them. That's just the fact, the reality. And so I think in this situation, she was just, she's never seen, she's probably never witnessed a black young man come up to a bank and, I mean, get out this much money. And maybe she has because she works at a bank, but it's the fact that to her, she perceived them as a threat, and so I think that played a part. And I, I don't even think I don't. To be honest, I don't. I would. I would. I think that's actually giving her a little bit too much credit. Frankly, I think that like you know, having watched the video, 
And I watched just the video the, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that you didn't, but I'm saying like, like I, I, I watched the video and there's stuff that I picked up on and it wasn't even so much, it didn't come across to me at least. Like she's not used to seeing black man wicked withdrawal. I think what she's not used to is that she from behind her teller's wicket uh, like gives commands or asks them to do things and they just do it because they want their money and they don't want to make a big fuss about it. So I, I, it came across to me actually that she was like, like sort of power tripping a little bit, like, okay, he's going to come in and take all this money out, but I'm going to make him do what I want him to do in order to get access to his money. And when he wasn't playing along, that's why she went to the police. Like she, she did, I think some real, he wasn't playing along. Yeah. 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 Like, I think that was some real white woman behavior she was engaged in, but she wasn't white. I know she wasn't, but I'm saying it was white woman behavior because it's like, she, she, yeah, she's asking him to answer verbally. Like she's asking him to do the things that he does not want to do in order to make the transaction happen, right? Mm-hmm. And I, like I will tell you, it is you're you're right. It is, uh, it it is common that you'll see people come and make make large withdrawal amounts. When I say common, I don't mean it happens every single day, but it's not an occurrence that you're unfamiliar with. Like it happens right. probably one two times a week that right. somebody will make a large cash withdrawal. And so I'm you assuming, think she was yeah. even more intentional? And like, she, I think so. So you think it was more of a power grab? Her just saying, yeah, he's not. So I'm gonna just I'm gonna call the police because he's not exactly listening. like he's not. Li- yeah, he's not listening to my commands. So I'm just gonna go ahead and call the police now. Because even when the police or the, uh, the the dispatcher was asking her these questions, she was like, "Did you confirm the deed?" Because he gave her ID, yeah. the information, and she was like, "Did you confirm his identity?" And she was yeah. like, "Nah." <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The ID part is really weird because what kind of bank teller is gonna, what kind of bank robber is gonna give 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 you their ID? Right. I know. But see, this is why I say I think she was just. So, that's like what I'm saying. Like the explanation, the the explanation made absolutely no sense to me when she was talking to the other uh, dispatcher, and I'm like, but I know that type of person at the bank that will deliberately give, and it's black people. When I say it's black people who do this, I think sometimes they are the worst ones. Like they, mm-hmm. it's almost like cops. Like they do more to impress their white colleagues than they were even asked to do in the first place. So, but if I'm being honest, I don't think this happens to any other demographic. Like I, I just don't, I don't see it playing mm-hmm. out. No, like I don't see, like, I don't see in my experience, like working in banks and working in the financial sector. Like I didn't see like Indian people, like, you know, Sikh or Hindu people doing that to other Sikh or Hindu people. I didn't see Jewish no, I'm people talking about the as Jewish people. Him being like the black I, who's yeah, let me finish. Let me finish. Yeah. Like I didn't see other demographics of people doing that. Like I would not see like Asian people doing that to other Asian people. But I would definitely see um, black people sort of like doming other black people like that. And it was mm. it would happen very often to black men that like whether it was a black man or a black woman that was behind the desk. Uh, whether it's like at the you know the the business advisor's desk or the financial advisor's desk or behind the teller's wicket, um, even if they're like uh, taking phone calls from clients and they, they can tell that the person is black or their um, their profile comes up and it's a black person, that they will like everything about them will change up and suddenly become hostile, almost like they're like a I shouldn't even say hostile, more like uh, commandeering, like mm-hmm. a kindergarten teacher. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, you're going to do, like, you might have all this money, but you're going to do what I say. Yeah, I mean, that's fucked up. I, but, yeah, I mean, I know people probably, I'm, I'm just interested to see how people try to twist that. Because, like I said, I haven't been on social media, so it would have been interesting to even, like, see. But I know, I know social media finds ways to do that shit. Man, but I, just I find will it tell you how, 
how you know one person becomes the victim in one situation mm-hmm. and the other person you know due to his own troubles it got him in this situation and it's interesting because one can say well do he's a celebrity he has this money so you know you know it really you know it really doesn't matter but interestingly enough this happened literally because no one knew he was a celebrity so it's like all right yeah like i i doubt that she knew who ryan Coogler yeah, was yeah i think she just thought that he was a dude that had a lot of money and you know, she was going to make him jump through hoops in order to get it. I think that's mm. all that was going through her mind. And I can say that confidently because I've worked with people like that. And do you think that, and I guess I asked T this too. So T, for one, do you agree with the, with the idea that she basically, she kind of, she did this intentionally because she knew he had this money? Or do you think she could she could possibly have been doing this because she may have perceived him as literally a criminal? Like, as someone who may have either been stealing someone's identity or someone who, you know, you know, she thought as being past the note, she, you know, read that as uh, her, you know, him basically trying to rob the bank. Like, I mean, I'll be honest. I didn't see the video for myself. So both of them sound plausible, but I feel like without actually seeing it, I can't say which one, which one uh, definitely applies. But I mean, I think, well, well, I'll say this. I think in one way, Q's thing is a little more plausible because at least that would explain why she would still think it, even with the ID. Because that the ID part is the one thing that's confusing me about the she sincerely thought he was a criminal thing. You know, like if not for mm-hmm. the ID ID part, I think it might be more split between the two scenarios. But I think the fact that he had the ID there and she still did it maybe makes me lean. A little more to to um, Q's possible interpretation, because that part mm-hmm. is very weird to me. And and did she ever explain why she called even despite the ID? Was that something that was? No, she didn't explain. She just said that he was being weird. Right. That's why I was. I mean, if we if we even took that at face value, it and, just and then and then the part the part totally, that got me. I was gonna say the the part that got me is when he was being frog marched out the door. And uh, the like, one of the officers had the body cam, and that's how that's how the video uh, was present. But like, as he's being frog marched out the door, the officer with the the body cam, um, you see the lady lean over and say, "Good job." It was it was the it was I don't know if it was the black woman that was behind the teller's desk, but it was a black mm-hmm. woman. And I'm like, "Wow, like you really y'all really just like formed up on him. Like you really wanted to show him who was boss today." Yeah, I guess for me, I don't take as certain that when people fear things, they think rationally, right? Like this man is actually handing me his ID with his stuff on it, right? I think there's a possibility there that in her fear, just all rationality just escaped her. Like, hmm. No. Like, you I, know what no, I'm saying? I, it, it didn't even... I don't buy it, dude. It didn't like, even conjure, so... I've worked with... Like, again, I've worked with people like this. Yeah, possible. Yeah, so... I think that's a good place to end it if no one else is um, coming forward. But uh, yeah, thanks everybody for joining in. Thanks, thanks Rennie. Thanks uh, Kay. Thanks FF. And yeah, man, y'all um, don't be so quiet next time. <laughs> I want to hear more from everybody, you know. But I've enjoyed the conversation that we did that we did have. And make sure if you don't follow everybody on the stage that you do, and also. Um, 
follow the show so you get notifications of when we're doing uh, more episodes. Because, yeah, we're going to start doing more episodes per week, not just not just one. So uh, you definitely want to be notified because it won't just be Thursdays at 8.30, like clockwork. It'll be extra episodes as well. And with that, uh, let's end it. Any final words, Q, before we shut down? Nope. Uh, just make sure to uh, share the show whenever it's up and uh, support us as much as you can. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And uh, with that, everybody have a good night. We'll talk soon.